Blessings to you all and welcome. It is August 22nd. We are on day 233 of Bible in a Year with Bill. Today we're beginning another Old Testament book, the book of Ezra. Now, Ezra tells how God helps two groups return from Babylon to the Promised Land. The second group is led by Ezra himself. The temple of the Lord is rebuilt despite opposition. The worship of the Lord resumes, and the people realize they must not sin through mixed marriages as their ancestors did. As we go through this book, let's rejoice that God always gives us a second chance to serve Him. Let's promise to do our best to remain faithful to His Word. Today we're going to be reading chapters 1 to 4 in Ezra, and then we're going to finish off today's reading with Psalm 116. So let's get right into it. The Book of Ezra, Chapter 1 In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, this fulfilled the message of God preached by Jeremiah. God prodded Cyrus, king of Persia, to make an official announcement throughout his kingdom. He wrote it out as follows. From Cyrus, king of Persia, a proclamation. God, the God of the heavens, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has also assigned me to build him a temple of worship in Jerusalem, Judah. Who among you belongs to his people? God be with you. Go to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the temple of God, the God of Israel, Jerusalem's God. Those who stay behind, wherever they happen to live, will support them with silver, gold, tools, and pack animals, along with free will offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. The heads of the families of Judah and Benjamin, along with the priests and Levites, everyone in fact, God prodded, set out to build out to build the temple of God in Jerusalem. Their neighbors rallied behind them enthusiastically with silver, gold, tools, pack animals, expensive gifts, and over and above these, free will offerings. Also, King Cyrus turned over to them all the vessels and utensils from the temple of God that Nebuchadnezzar had hauled from Jerusalem and put in the temple of his gods. Cyrus, king of Persia, put Mithridath, the treasurer, in charge of the transfer. He provided a full inventory for Shezbazar, the prince of Judah, including the following. 30 gold dishes, 1,000 silver dishes, 29 silver pans, 30 gold bowls, 410 duplicate silver bowls, 1,000 miscellaneous items. All told, there were 5,400 gold and silver articles that Shezbazar took with him when he brought the exiles back from Babylon to Jerusalem. Ezra, Chapter 2 These are the people from the province who now returned from the captivity, exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried off captive. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his home town. They came in company with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Sariah, Reliah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mizpar, Bigvi, Rehum, and Benah. The numbers of the returning Israelites by families of origin were as follows. Perosh, 2,172, Shephatiah, 372, Arah, 775, Pehath-Moab, sons of Jeshua and Joab, 2,812, Elam, 1,254, Zatu, 
945. Zakai, 760. Bani, 642. Bibai, 623. Azgad, 1,222. Adonikam, 666. Bigvai, 2,056. Adin, 454. Atur, were the sons of Hezekiah, 98. Bezai, 323. Jorah, 112. Hashum, 223. Gibar, 95. Israelites identified by place of origin were as follows. Bethlehem, 123. Netophah, 56. Anathoth, 128. Asmaveth, 42. Kiriath-Jerim, Kephira, and Beeroth, 743. Ramah and Giba, 621. Mikmash, 122. Bethel and Ai, 223. Nebo, 52. Magbish, 156. Elam, the other one, 1,254. Harim, 320. Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 725. Jericho, 345. Sina, 3,630. The priestly families, Jediah, sons of Jeshua, 973. Immer, 1,052. Pashur, 1,247. Harim, 1,017. Levitical families, Jeshua and Kadmiel, the sons of Hodaviah, 74. Singers, Asaph's family line, 128. Security guard families, Shalom, Atur, Talmon, Akub, Hatita, and Shobai, 139. Families of temple support staff, Ziha, Hasufa, Tabaoth, Kiros, Siaha, Pedon, Labana, Hagaba, Akub, Hegab, Shalmai, Hanan, Gidel, Gahar, Ria, Rezin, Nikoda, Gazam, Uzah, Pasia, Basai, Asna, Miunim, Nefusim, Bakbuk, Ahakofa, Harhur, Bazluth, Mahida, Harsha, Barkos, Sisira, Tima, Neziah, and Hatifa. Families of Solomon's servants, Sotai, Hasafereth, Peruda, Jela, Darkon, Gidel, Shephatiah, Hatil, Pokereth, Hazabayim, and Ami. Temple support staff and Solomon's servants added up to 392. These are those who came from Tel Mila, Tel Harsha, Karub, Adon, and Emer. They weren't able to prove their ancestry, whether they were true Israelites or not. Deliah, Tobiah, and Nicoda, 652 in all. Likewise, with these priestly families, Hobiah, Hakos, and Barzillai, who had married a daughter of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and took that name. They had thoroughly searched for their family records, but couldn't find them, and so they were barred from priestly work as ritually unclean. The governor ruled that they could not eat from the holy food until a priest could determine their status with the Urim and Thummim. The total count for the congregation was 42,360. That did not include the male and female slaves, which numbered 7,337. There were also 200 male and female singers, and they had 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the heads of the families, on arriving at the Temple of God in Jerusalem, made free will offerings toward the rebuilding of the Temple of God on its site. 
They gave to the building fund as they were able about 1,100 pounds of gold, about three tons of silver, and 100 priestly robes. The priests, Levites, and some of the people lived in Jerusalem. The singers, security guards, and temple support staff found places in their hometowns. All the Israelites found a place to live. Ezra chapter 3 When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled into their towns, the people assembled together in Jerusalem. Jeshua, son of Josadak, and his brother priests, along with Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his relatives went to work and built the altar of God of Israel, the altar of the God of Israel, to offer whole burnt offerings on it, as written in the revelation of Moses, the man of God. Even though they were afraid of what their non-Israelite neighbors might do, they went ahead anyway and set up the altar on its foundations and offered whole burnt offerings on it morning and evening. They also celebrated the festival of booths as prescribed and the daily whole burnt offerings set for each day. And they presented the regular whole burnt offerings for Sabbaths, new moons, and God's holy festivals, as well as free will offerings for God. They began offering whole burnt offerings to God from the very first day of the seventh month, even though the temple of God's foundation had not yet been laid. They gave money to hire masons and carpenters. They gave food, drink, and oil to the Sidonians and Tyrians in exchange for the cedar lumber they had brought by sea from Lebanon to Joppa, a shipment authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. In the second month of the second year after their arrival at the temple of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, son of Josadak, in company with their brother priests and Levites, and everyone else who had come back to Jerusalem from captivity, got started. They appointed the Levites twenty years of age and older to direct the rebuilding of the temple of God. Jeshua and his family joined Kadmiel, Binui, and Hadaviah, along with the extended family of Hanadad, all Levites, to direct the work crew on the temple of God. When the workers laid the foundation of the temple of God, the priests in their robes stood up with trumpets, and the Levites, son of Asaph, with cymbals to praise God in the tradition of David, king of Israel. They sang antiphonally praise thanks, and thanksgiving to God. Yes, God is good. Oh, yes, he'll never quit loving Israel. All the people boomed out hurrahs, praising God, as the foundation of the temple of God was laid. As many were noisily shouting with joy, many of the older priests, Levites, and family heads who had seen the first temple, when they saw the foundations of this temple laid, wept loudly for joy. People couldn't distinguish the shouting from the weeping. The sound of their voices reverberated for miles around. Ezra Chapter 4 Old enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building the temple of God, of Israel. They came to Zerubbabel and the family heads and said, We'll help you build. We worship your God the same as you. We've been offering sacrifices to him since Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, brought us here. Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the rest of the family heads of Israel said to them, Nothing doing. Building the temple of our God is not the same thing to you as to us. We alone will build for the God of Israel. We are the ones King Cyrus of Persia commanded to do it. So these people started beating down the morale of the people of Judah, harassing them as they built. They even hired propagandists to sap their resolve. 
They kept this up for about 15 years throughout the lifetime of Cyrus, king of Persia, and on into the reign of Darius, king of Persia. In fact, in the reign of Xerxes, at the beginning of his reign, they wrote an accusation against those living in Judah and Jerusalem. Again later, in the time of Artaxerxes, Bishlam, Methredath, Tabil, and their associates wrote ex- regarding wrote regarding the Jerusalem business to Artaxerxes, king of Persia. The letter was written in Aramaic and translated. What follows is written in Aramaic. Rehum, the commanding officer, and Shimshai, the secondary, wrote a letter against Jerusalem to Artaxerxes, the king, as follows. From Rehum, the commanding officer, and Shimshai, the secretary, backed by the rest of their associates, the judges and officials over the people from Tripolis, Persia, Erech, and Babylon, Elamites of Susa, and all the others whom the great and adorable Ashurbanipal deported and settled in the city of Samaria and other places in the land across the Euphrates. This is the copy of the letter they sent to him. 2. King Artaxerxes, from your servants from the land across the Euphrates. We are here to inform the king that the Jews who came from you to us have arrived in Jerusalem and have set about rebuilding that rebellious and evil city. They are busy at work finishing the walls and rebuilding the foundations. The king needs to know that once the city is rebuilt and the wall completed, they will no longer pay a penny of tribute, tax, or duty. The royal treasury will feel the loss. We're loyal to the king and cannot sit idly by while our king is being exalted. That's why we are passing this information on. We suggest that you look into the court records of your ancestors. You'll learn from those books that the city is a rebellious city, a thorn in the side to kings and provinces, a historic center of unrest and revolt. That's why the city was wiped out. We are letting the king know that if the city gets rebuilt and its walls restored, you'll end up with nothing in your province beyond the Euphrates. The king sent his reply to Rehum, the commanding officer, Shimshai, the secretary, and the rest of their associates who lived in Samaria and other places beyond the Euphrates. Peace be with you. The letter that you sent has been translated and read to me. I gave orders to search the records, and sure enough, it turns out that this city has revolted against kings time and again. Rebellion is an old story here. I find that they've had their share of strong kings who have taken over beyond the Euphrates and exacted taxes, tribute, and duty. So do this. Order these men to stop work immediately. Not a lick of rebuilding in that city unless I order it. Act quickly and firmly. They've done enough damage to kings. The letter of King Artaxerxes was read to Rehum and Shimshai, the secretary, and their associates. They lost no time. They went to the Jews in Jerusalem and made them quit work. That put a stop to the work on the temple of God in Jerusalem. Nothing more was done until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Psalm Chapter 116 I love God because He listened to me, listened as I begged for mercy. He listened so intently as I laid out my case before Him. Death stared me in the face, hell was hard on my heels. Up against it, I didn't know which way to turn. Then I called out to God for help. Please, God, I cried out, save my life! God is gracious. It is He who makes things right, our most compassionate God. 
God takes the side of the helpless. When I was at the end of my rope, he saved me. I said to myself, relax and rest. God has showered you with blessings, soul. You've been rescued from death. I, you've been rescued from tears. And you, foot, were kept from stumbling. I'm striding in the presence of God, alive in the land of the living. I stayed faithful, though bedeviled, and despite a ton of bad luck, despite giving up on the human race, saying, they're all liars and cheats. What can I give back to God for the blessings he's poured out on me? I'll lift high the cup of salvation, a toast to God. I'll pray in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God I'll do, and I'll do it together with his people. When they arrive at the gates of death, God welcomes those who love him. O God, here I am, your servant, your faithful servant. Set me free for your service. I'm ready to offer the thanksgiving sacrifice and pray in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God I'll do, and I'll do it in company with his people, in the place of worship, in God's house, in Jerusalem, God's city. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, the Lord who pours his blessings out on us, I pray that you would bless this reading today. Thank you for this reading. And thank you, my friends, for joining me again today. I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.